Yo, 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 hey. Hi, how are you? I don't know how this is going to sound because I... New contraption in the car. I've had a contraption for hands-free recording for a while, but now I don't know if I'm recording through Bluetooth or through my phone. So sound quality might be a little sus for this here podcast. I don't know. I don't know. But I have random thoughts to share with you today. First, first random thought. Random thought number one. Argument I get in with my wife yesterday. So here we go. I'm already, I'm, listen, I'm coming at it this morning, ready to get myself in trouble. <laughs> so yesterday, I, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it, I'm up late. I'm watching wrestling, okay? WWE Backlash pay-per-view last night. This is my thing, okay? I'm into it. I like it. First match is on. Ryan, that's my wife. She's up. She's out and about. She's looking at it. And she's telling me how stupid it is. First match is a women's match, by the way. Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. I say to my wife, I could just watch this for 30 seconds and tell me this isn't amazing. She says it's stupid. I said, well, watch this. And she sees some big move, right? They go up to the top rope and there's some suplex or something happens. Big deal. She goes, ugh. I mean, it's just, it's fake. And, you know, that's the thing all wrestling fans, we're all waiting for. It's our favorite pitch. When you regular people throw us this pitch, it's like a fastball right down the middle. I mean, we get excited at this pitch. You know wrestling's fake, right? (laughs) Played right into my hands. I'm sorry, sweetheart, and and you said you were on your way upstairs to watch Working Moms on Netflix, your favorite TV show? That's right, that's where I'm going. Is Working Moms real, or... what? I'm sorry, it seems as though the TV show you're watching is also fake, right? Like... Oh, whatever, that's stupid, it's not the same thing. Actually, what I'm watching is more real than what you're watching, because these performers are on live TV in front of a live audience, having one take to get this thing right. You know, your performers have multiple takes over and over and over to get the things right, and also, should there be a stunt in a regular old TV show? Better believe they're bringing in stunt actors. These people I'm watching on TV, they're doing all their own stunts. Whatever, Polly. Ka-ching! I choose violence! Just so you know, I don't actually choose violence. That's a reference to Game of Thrones. I have to be careful. I never know what people do and don't know. And uh, there was a great scene where I think it was... Was it Cersei? Was given the option of, like, peace or war. And, like, everyone around her was saying, This is our chance to peace, your majesty. We simply sign the treaty. Make peace with the people, and war will be over forever. For centuries we can live amongst each other with love. And Cersei thinks about it, and thinks about it, and thinks, and it's silent. And then she says, I choose violence. (laughs) Oh, man. It is. It's a thing in marriage. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy? You cannot have both. Anyway, this was a tiny thing yesterday. Also yesterday, I cultured up my kids a little bit. Uh, you might have heard that in plural. My mother is a foster child. A foster child. Uh, I can't talk. My mother-in-law is a foster home for children. And uh, so I had two of her foster children with me yesterday and my own son. And I took them down to the Rochester Public Market for a little culture. 
and uh, because they eat the same thing over and over. My kid's guilty, too. I used to think my kid was a good eater, by the way, and he was a good eater until probably about maybe a year ago or so. He, he went into rotate, tod, they call it toddler rotation. Toddler rotation is, you know, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, fish sticks, back to mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, fish sticks, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, fish sticks. That's it. That's, that's toddler rotation. And my child is firmly ensconced. Oh, I'm sorry. Occasionally, if, you know, on family pizza night, which is once every couple of weeks, he will eat cheese pizza as well. But that's, that's it. That's the whole menu right now for the little guy. And he used to eat a lot better than that. And at the public market, they've got cool food. And so one of the foster children is five, and the other one is 11. And the 11-year-old's hip. I, I love the 11-year-old. She's a little girl, and I think she's great. She's hip. I tell her about empanadas and Polish sausage and stuff, and she's all like, yeah, let's do that. And so I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And so we went down to the public market. We walked through it. They got a real kick out of all fruits and vegetables and stuff. Happened to be the five-year-old's birthday. So I took him over to the uh, the resale stuff, the uh, the stuff that I don't You know where they just got a bunch of stuff laid out in boxes? And some of it's toys, and it's like, it's cheap, but I'll tell you the truth. You look at it and you say it's cheap. It is cheap. It's, you know, they've got, I think I bought them yesterday, I bought them like a toy airplane for like $10, that if you bought this same airplane at Target, would be like $30. And everyone will say, yeah, but it's cheap, it probably breaks. I don't know, I've gotten Leo a few toys from the public market. It's actually not, it's not bad. They're not that cheap. I mean, they're not amazing. You know, they're not like the Hess, what is it, the Hess trucks or the Tonka trucks, or what is it that's really, really well built? They're not like that, but they are like uh, pretty sturdy, especially for, you know, $7. I mean, what are you going to expect? My question has always been like, where does that stuff come? Is that stuff like, did that stuff fall off the truck? Or is that stuff, is it all legit? I don't know. I'm not here to ask questions. I'm simply here to shop. So we went through the little toy section. I did do a bad daddy thing in the sense that it was the five-year-old's birthday, so I bought him a toy. And then my four-year-old was just not going to be okay with not getting a toy when the five-year-old got a toy. And I caved, and I bought him a toy, too. So, listen, peer pressure. What am I going to do here? Do I need a meltdown in the middle of the Rochester public market, or can I just continue to spoil the child a little bit more? I I chose violence, okay? That's the... The, I think the um, <laughs> the theme of the podcast, maybe. I chose violence again, and I said, all right, pick a toy. So we walk around and around, and we see the fish, and they get a kick out of that. The mushroom guy we love. We talk to all the pasta people. We love the fruits and vegetables and everything. I uh, love the kids from Wellventions, if you ever see that. The uh, teenage, it's like a, a RCSD has like an after-school group where they start a business, and... Um, they, uh, the, the kids from Wellventions, I love talking to them, teenagers who are learning how to run a business uh, by basically running, you know, a 10 by 10 pop-up at the Rochester Public Market. I think that's great. I saw some guys, too. I love sauce people, you know, obviously. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I love sauce people. And uh, I saw these guys that I'd never heard of before selling something called Brick Sauce. And I got a sample, and it was really good. Really, really good. Um, which, by the way, uh, they, they, I, I'm, for all I know, they're doing everything legit. I, I want you to know, it's gonna sound like I'm changing the subject right now, in an effort to hide who I'm talking about. But I promise this is legit, and I am talking about someone else. 
I don't like recently something that's been happening. It's happened twice so far just this year in 2023, and it's in the middle of happening right now. And it's everybody tagging me in a local restaurant who has decided to start bottling their own sauce. Because there are, like, regulations and stuff. And I can just kind of see that maybe there's a, there's a, there's opportunity for them to be a little bit more legitimate than they are right now. I mean, I get, look, look, there's some wins here. Experienced chef, commercial kitchen, I've seen worse. Trust me, I've seen worse. I've seen home kitchens uh, with zero regard for safety end up in a bottle for sale to the public, okay? I've seen worse. This appears to have some, and also the, the products they appear to be bottling are very high acidity, you know, it's like vinegar-based things, so I'm, I'm, it's fine. Like, I don't think anyone is at risk. I would never actually tolerate risk to the public, uh, but at the same time, I'm looking at this going, it looks like they're missing a couple key elements to it. Anyway, moving on. In this case, I will not choose violence. Um, so we're at the public market, and I end up deciding that we're going to do a food tour of the public market because the 11-year-old is hip to the food thing, and uh, she thinks it's cool that she's going to eat some food that she's like never even heard of before. So, of course, we get the Juan and Maria empanadas. Then we go right next door to get pizza logs because my son can only eat what we talked about, the, the core four food groups, right? The fish sticks, the chicken nuggets, the pizza, and the mac and cheese. So we got to get pizza logs for him. Also, the five-year-old likes the pizza logs. But then we go over to the, the Zimmerman's joint. Polish sausage and pierogies. Me and the 11-year-old are splitting the Polish sausage, splitting the pierogies, splitting the empanadas. I even let the 5-year-old kid try a pierogi. My son tried a pierogi and liked it, too. It was great. It was a great experience. We got some caramel corn. I mean, we ate. We ate our way through the public market. It was really good. Really, really good experience. Um, listen to this, though. So this actually, I'm going out of order here. But before we went down to the public market... I took these kids, all three of them, to a uh, playground behind Brighton, behind the Brighton like town hall there, the library. There's a nice public playground there. And my son, my child, took the shoe of the five-year-old and threw it over the fence to the pool. And it's locked. You know, the pool's not open for the season yet. So now it's, it's gone. So I immediately put him in timeout. He's sitting on the bench. He's crying. There's other families down there. They're watching me basically have, you know, to juggle all this. And and nobody offers to help, of course. They just all watch. It's entertainment. They might as well have popcorn of their own. You know, they're sitting there going, oh, let's see how this guy handles this shit. You know, he's got a four-year-old having a meltdown on a bench. He's got a five-year-old having a meltdown because he's missing a shoe. And him and the 11-year-old are going to try and figure out how to get the shoe from the other side of the fence. So finally, she says to me, and she's a young, like, a, you know, she's she's like an athletic kid. She says, I can climb that fence. And, of course, my initial reaction is, no, absolutely not. I cannot have you risking any, you know, bodily harm. It's not going to happen. But then the meltdowns just continued, right? Everyone's melting down. We're in timeout melting down. We don't have a shoe. We're melting down. And she's just looking at me like, and to be honest with you, it's a relatively easy fence, you know? And, and to be honest with you, again, I probably could have done it myself. <laughs> but, but, you know, I remember what it was like to be 11. And I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at this fence, and I'm going, you know, 
When I was 11, this fence wouldn't have wouldn't have been a problem. So we devise a plan where I'm going to like help her and essentially minimize any risk for injury and and we do we end up getting her over the fence. <laughs> she climbs this fence, grabs the shoe and climbs back and I just I I owed her from that point on. I was like you are th thank the heavens for you. So then I go over to the Meltdown Boy, which is my son, and we have an issue going on right now where we have learned a bad word, and that word happens to be the one that starts with an F and ends in an uck and isn't fire truck, okay? So where did he learn it? That's a great question. I like to blame my wife. She likes to blame me. I'm going to be honest with you, 50-50, not sure. He's also got some aunts and uncles he's around from time to time, but I, I, I you know, if I, I'll be honest with you, it's probably uh, it's a 50-50 chance, my wife and I. I go over to where he's melting down on this bench, and I'm going to talk to him now, and we're going to set a time timeout, you know, two more minutes of timeout. You know what he says to me? This four-year-old boy looks up at me and goes, Fucking daddy! Oh, really? Oh, really? So we had time out for five more minutes. He got to watch all the other kids play on the playground while he and I sat on a bench together for five minutes and talked about why we don't say that. And if we could just talk for a moment about how hilarious it is for a four-year-old child to look at you and, and say that. Because <laughs> it's one of those parenting moments where you're just going, can I laugh? Do I cry? Do I punish? Like, what do I do here? Because it, it's just, it is it is actually very funny as well. It's very funny. All right, anyway, on to work. So it is Sunday morning as I record this. I'm on my way out to Craft Cannery as I record this. Got a lot of work to do today. I uh, was off on Friday. We are in a tight spot from a child care standpoint right now over at the Guglielmo household because we have uh, my wife who is running PR, public relations, for the PGA, which is just two weeks away at Oak Hill. Her schedule has ramped up quite a bit. This week, of course, being very busy for her, but then next week, the week of the actual PGA in town, she's busy basically 12 to 14 hours a day, and we only have childcare in, in patches. You know what I'm saying? We've got four hours here, four hours there. So I'm going to be just driving all over the place next week. I am not looking forward to next week, but I am looking forward to it from a standpoint of spending more time with Leo, my wife finally kind of getting the PGA done because this has been, you know, a year and a half work of work now that this has been her main focus for a year and a half. And so it's just going to be a, a good to finally get it done. Plus we bought tickets to the PGA at Craft Cannery and those tickets finally came, so that just makes it more exciting, too. And on Tuesday of this week, we had an all-staff meeting, and I got to reveal to the employees that we had these PGA tickets and that everyone was going to have the opportunity to go. Uh, and, and a few of them don't like golf and weren't interested in going, and so we gave them vacation days. And then a few who love golf and are very interested in going, we gave tickets to the PGA. Uh, so I, anyway, I'm very excited about that. That makes me feel good. I, I really do love doing good things for my employees. It's tough when you have to be tough, but it is so much fun when you get to be generous and giving and, and positive and things like that. And, God, that is a hard balance. 
you know, it is a very, very hard balance. Because I'll be honest with you, something that I work on in therapy, and I think I've talked about this on this podcast before, but something that I have to work on in therapy quite frequently is a couple of, of realisms that I live with on a daily basis. And one of those is, if I, it's basically being better at saying no and, and disappointing people. And here's what I mean by that. If I gave every vendor, client, and employee everything they wanted, I'd be out of business. I, we would not last very long if everybody got everything they wanted. Because what does everybody want, right? Vendors, that's people selling me stuff. They want to sell it to me for a higher price. Clients, that's the people buying things from me. They want to buy it at a lower price. And go ahead and ask any employee what they think they should be making. Add those three things together and I'm done. And so I work on in therapy all the time. Dealing with the fact that I am the gatekeeper. And that, you know, sometimes people are going to see me in a negative light because I'm the gatekeeper. Because the client does want the the lower price. Because the vendor does want the higher price. And because the employee believes they should... uh, Newsflash. News alert believes they should be making more money. By the way, totally normal. Also don't want to pretend like I don't understand that. Did I used to work someplace where I thought I should be making more money? Of course I did. Absolutely I did. That's a a rite of passage. If you're going to be an American and be in the American workforce, you're going to think you make more money. What percentage of people do you think believe they make enough money? Because I got news for it. I think even corporation leads... CEOs, C-suites, ivory tower folk making six and seven figure salaries also believe they should be making more money. I just think that's a thing. It's just, it's ingrained in our heads. We all, by the way, I'm not exempt, even in my current situation where I literally control my own salary. How absurd is this? Even I think I should be making more money. Isn't that crazy? That's America though. So I work on in therapy all the time dealing with the fact that I am uh, the gatekeeper, to you know, and, and often having to tell people no or find ways to pivot out of conversations or whatever. And also the fact that, like, and this is this sucks, too. I get a lot of people that want to talk to me on a daily basis, right? Again, clients, vendors, employees, lots of people want to talk to me. But they don't actually want to talk to me. They have to talk to me because I'm part of their livelihood, no matter which position they are out of the three. And so I talk to my therapist all the time about that, too. About the fa- how many people do I interact with on a daily basis who would interact with me even if they didn't have to? And that scares me to know what the answer to that is. Because it's not that many. It's not, I don't think it's a... You know, I like to believe I would still be good friends with my business partner, Tom. Obviously, I like to believe my wife, my son, right? I don't know how many people beyond that would uh, would be here for me in real life if I wasn't in the position I'm in. So, again, it's an empty feeling that I end up in therapy with quite frank, quite quite frequently, and kind of working to to understand that a that that's kind of normal, right? And then b that that uh, it's your lot in life. It's what you've decided to do, and so you gotta you're gonna own that. And and really, the ultimate way to tell 
if you wish things were different truly or if you're just being kind of a difficult little princess, which I'm being in this situation. Okay, here's a magic genie. This magic genie can have you trade places with that person, any person. The person you are currently feeling jealousy or anger or whatever it is towards. Here's a genie. They're going to go ahead and make the switch. Are you prepared to make the switch? If the answer is yes, then, well, you got problems. You got, you got places to go in life still. But the answer is probably no, right? Even when I, I actually had a, a bout of jealousy this week with somebody, and I'd rather not go into it. Uh, I just, I don't think I can. If you see me in person and you want to know the answer to this, I will tell you. But in, in terms of this public podcast here, I'm going to leave it private. But I had a bout of jealousy this week. I had a situation where there was somebody who did something that made me jealous. And I, and it was a professional thing. And I thought to myself, I wish that for, for my business. And then I zoomed back using my tools from therapy. I zoomed out. And I said, okay, Paul, you're jealous. You're jealous. Okay, you're jealous. Would you trade spots with that person right here, right now? And of course the answer is no. Right? You, would, you wouldn't trade spot. Then what is this jealousy BS? You're jealous, but yet you wouldn't trade spots. So why would you be jealous? And it kind of works. It's, a, it's just a tool I learned in therapy, basically. If you're feeling jealous, ask yourself if you would trade spots with that person. The answer is almost always no. Good little therapy trick. That and also, another little therapy trick I've been doing recently, or my therapist has been doing, write down or keep record of the issues that you're having on a day-to-day basis, little issues, the things that are just kind of day-to-day annoying to you. Write those things down and then revisit them six months later. And take a look at those day-to-day nuances and see where they stand six months later. Most of the time, you don't even remember that you were having an issue with that. And that's another thing that just kind of puts the day-to-day stress in perspective. And knowing the difference between what's a, what's a, you know, what is not that big of a deal and what is a big deal. Even the small day-to-day stuff has to be dealt with. But allowing it to cause you enough stress to ruin your day or to keep you up at night is so, so, so much of an inter- over of an overreaction. It is choosing violence when instead you could simply choose peace and not let the day-to-day bring you so far down. Start the exercise today. Make a few notes of things that were annoying to you this week that caused you stress this week, and then forget about it for six months, revisit in six months, and tell me if you've either forgotten about most of those things or if they're not even on your radar anymore. It's a good little practice. Okay, all right, there you go. Bunch of therapy for free. And I've uh, I've arrived out at my plant shorter podcast this week is what it is. Come see us, by the way, at the uh, Lilac Festival next two weekends. Very, very, very big deal this uh, next couple of weekends because we are actually launching ourselves as Craft Cannery this coming weekend. Yeah, so basically, it's always been me at the Guglielmo Sauce booth, and now it's going to still have Guglielmo Sauce. You can still come to our booth and buy Guglielmo Sauce, but... We're also going to have many other offerings from other brands as well. And uh, the, the booth itself will be branded as Craft Cannery instead of Guglielmo Sauce. And I'm very, very excited about that. All right. All righty. Love you. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.